0: The cylinders are nuts about aeroplanes. I'm certainly nuts about aeroplanes. I've spent all morning flying mine around the North Island so there's no better way to end the day than here at Motad where Boeing, NASA, the Smithsonian, and Motad itself have got together to put on an exhibition court above and beyond. It charts the history, the history, I was going to say manned flight. Can we call it manned? Personned. The history of personned flight through the ages I'm really excited to be here, but I uh, am even more excited than me because this is opening night is uh, exhibition director uh, Todd Dixon. Todd, thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. Thank you for coming. So tell me, what, what is what is this exhibition about? And you know, what's it all about? I've seen the billboards. and uh, They've certainly caught my eye because they're going to be rocking on them as I've, I've driven past uh, Motet here in Tamaki What is What is the idea behind this exhibition? So... Up and Beyond covers the, as you said, the history of flight, but also gets right down into the science of flight as well. So we're looking at everything from 1700s and air all the way to what we're doing right now and what we're planning to do in the future. And on the way, we're teaching about aerodynamics, we're learning about um, wind forces, all that sort of stuff as well. Are people interested in that stuff? What do see? Fast, noisy jets? There's probably a bit of both to me Taking off now, um, some part of it, it is just, I want to see this jet, I want to be able to fly a jet. But learning how people are using them, I think that's a bit that's incredibly fascinating. The education piece, because Motown, I mean, you know, it, it, it can sometimes present us a bit of a fun part, but really it's not a fun part. There's, there's more to it than that uh, across all of your exhibits, right? Exactly. I mean, we are a museum, that's what in M is in Motown, So. It can feel a bit like a fun park at times. We've got the trams you can ride, we've got all the the interactive elements, but we are at our core of museums that we are about the education and about the history. So we're standing here in what uh, you probably probably Rebecca told me was uh, a tram uh, not so long ago. Uh, How picture? What what are we looking at here? What what, what are the visitors seeing when they come into the Above and Beyond exhibition? Let's step, step out into the, the main area here. There's, there's, there's kind of, it's kind of like a trade show, it's like a trade show for airplanes and rockets. Yeah, so scattered about the space with this beautiful new concrete floor is a series of booths, I guess, sometimes large, sometimes small, uh, screens and displays with different interactive elements, and there's some um, cases with some objects in them as well right out across the space is a free-roaming exhibition. So we're we're kind of um, jumping through the chronology of it, I think, because you can't any any hot air balloons. There's something in front of me uh, labelled International Space Elevator. I'm not sure how much of this is fiction and how much of this is real. So uh, there's a timeline here that says in 1895, a Russian scientist, Konstantin Tchaikovsky, Imagine a tower that can reach space, he says, and, and so on and so on and so on, but what are we looking at? we we'll into, the, uh, we'll step, into the, step into the space elevator. What are we looking at So this is a simple simulation of what it could be like if we did build a space elevator based on real science and real experiments. Obviously it is something that doesn't exist yet, but this is one of the options of how we may be able to get more the of rockets, it's a giant cable that takes to the Earth to a satellite in geosynchronous orbit and we can run stuff up and down the cable. So I you know, think we pretty gatted at this, uh, this, this point probably the next five years, right? Potentially, but uh, I think he's still got a good job going. Uh, we talk about some of the things he's doing here as well. So this, this is like, a fairly futuristic, it feels like i the skin Doctor Who actually all the modular panels of its recess and its screens. And an enormous piece of screening that feels like we're going out in an elevated space. Who is this aimed well, mean, at? Well, I'm now 5151 and I'll be doing this. But, 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 who's really the target audience at this time? I think one of our main targets is school groups and obviously families. It's going to be here all through summer. So we're I mean, aiming for those family audiences coming as a motel. A lot of the exhibition exhibits are a little more loaded to the ground and more child-friendly as well. So it's a bit something for everyone. So it's, it's open by the time you over so here actually we have a little display about well, CubeSats, exactly. so, so if, if you were um, watching the uh, Rocket Lab Business Time launch uh, the other week, you would have seen that their cargo was not, hey, was not a red Tesla, uh, nor was it a, a satellite the size of a, a Skyline garage, but it was a, a cluster of CubeSats, so we're looking here at a, a display called the Incredible Shrinking Satellite what So, in this case, we have four one-to-one scale models of modern-day satellites, and these are really democratizing space. We have CubeSats that are about the size of a shoebox or smaller. Uh, These are even being used by high school students and being sent into space as projects for them, and then as we move across the case, we're getting even smaller than that. We've got something the size of the microphone you're holding out, but that's not going to help the people at home, If I guess, no, I guess what, what is this the size of? It's, a, it's, it's the size of a, a, a very large Coke can, except, except a, a rectangular one. Yeah, I, yeah no, that's a Milo tin. Yeah. It's about the size of a small Milo tin, yes. And next to that is something that looks like it's just fallen out of a broken phone. It's a little chip thing, about half the size of a credit card with some... Electronics on a long insect like antenna, and that is called a sprite satellite. So that would that would be to rocket it into space, and that would orbit that tiny little thing about the size of a large postage tank would orbit all on its own. Exactly. I feel, I, feel, I feel sorry for it already about the loneliness of it. <laughs> I think the idea is you send it out with a lot of friends as well. So we're, we're, jump, we're jumping, the, the chronology is just. Uh, been left far behind, but uh, this is called my eye. This is a, uh, a segment, a slice, if you like, from an airliner. Uh, it's, it's the curved side body of an airliner. Oh, I know where this is going, Todd, because there's two slices, two corresponding slices. The top one, and they both have windows in them, the top one is made of aluminium ribs and rivets and skin. The bottom one is made of carbon fiber. I'm, I'm guessing the bottom one is from a 787. That's exactly right. It's like you're reading a label or something. No, I, I didn't. I, 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 I was lucky enough to um, to visit the protocol 787 when it uh, did a, a promo tour around the world and visited New Zealand about five years ago. So um, I don't know, the, weird, the weirdest thing about being inside a 787 with the line is when, you, when you're opening on the, on the wall, it sounds It doesn't sound like metal, of course, because it's not. Right. And if you come around the corner here, there's two handles. Oh, it's interactive. It's interactive. Right. Okay. You can, set, you can see the difference in weight between the 11 kilogram section of the aluminium fuselage and the carbon composite. Only about 7.5. So the, these, this is the 787 that uh, in New Zealand operates, right? So that's important that they don't weigh too much because they're sitting on the tarmac at number of broken engines. And you don't want them sinking into the tarmac. So that's good that they're light. And when they are up in the air, they're saving about 20% fuel. And they can pressurise the water, which is good, good, for the, good for the passenger. So, we've looked at a lot of American stuff so far, and I guess that's because of, you know, who's, who's writing the checks and where it's come from. Tell me about the, the story from your end. How did this exhibition come to be here at Motel? Oh, we have been we with these guys for about 18 months now to get it here. Um, we had to do a bit of sprucing up of the gallery space. It's looking very flat. The deck that you just walked across to come in is Brand new deck. Brand new deck as of about uh, this afternoon. It's like oh, I see, Todd, that you've called the decking over with the grooves up. You know that's wrong. Yeah, well, here you go. Got the grooves. This is a little technical tip, the grooves are actually there to, to suspend the, the decking timber off the joists so you don't get, uh, they're not really, they're not for grip, they're not for grip. I know this for a fact, it's okay, don't worry. I'm not going to tell anyone. we I'm going to edit this out, this bit is not going to go on the radio. Fantastic, thank you very much. Um, so you, you, you spoke to these guys for 18 months, you said yep, we're going to put it on deck." so and uh, a nice new floor. Yeah, and we felt that really tied in with the kind of stories we tell and the stories we want to tell at We have obviously always been about aircraft and flight. Um, we've got some of, um, some of Richard Pearce's planes, and Gene Batten was a big supporter of us back in the day. So we've got that connection to aviation history here already and with things like Rocket Lab So this is a really good way to talk about the global perspective that we're already talking about, the New Zealand one. So the exhibition open in November, as you listen to this, it is already open. It's open right through until March. It's called Above and Beyond. It is on at MoTat here in Tamaki Makaro. Back soon with, a uh, well, a bit of a poodle around whatever else is in this hall. Excellent. Welcome back. I'm Vaughan Davis and I am here at MoTat. I'll just come again, kind of at the, well, the preview, really, because it has not opened yet. it will by the time you listen to this, of Above and Beyond, a traveling show put on by Boeing, NASA, and the Smithsonian. And really just connecting people with the, the joy and the science of aviation, Todd Dixon is showing me around, and I have gravitated, Todd, I've gravitated to what looks like, um, well, like, my dream arcade game three cockpits all lined up next to each other. I want to jump right in the cockpit. So can I jump right in the cockpit? Is that how it happens? Almost, first you have to design the plane in which the cockpit that you will jump into is. Ooh, okay, so that'll be these three uh, touch kiosks here in front of all of us, which uh, are playing video of think This is just a way for the military industrial complex to brainwash the children, isn't it? <laughs> it's really about showing how the changing shape of the body Wings and the tail of your aircraft will make it faster or more manoeuvrable. Well, let's have a look at that. Test facility. Your mission: design a super manoeuvrable fighter jet that is capable of supersonic flight. All four throttle jets are equipped with the same advanced engines, so your design will focus on the fuselage, wings, and tail. So what we're looking at here is, is a, a, I guess, an interactive touch-screen computer kiosk that allows us to choose which fuselage we have with the shape of car configuration, and critically, which color we have, right, we're, we're kind of close to West so obviously, a lot of people are going to choose black, are they? <laughs> Definitely, I mean, you only got the choice of black, gray, or white, I'm afraid, no red, but that would affect the speed of it. and absolutely would make it go faster. So we've done that, we've designed our aeroplane, and we step forward to the cockpits themselves. Can we retrieve an earlier design on these well, we can't, that's okay. So over here, where the fun starts, we're looking at what look like kind of, uh, ejector seats, ejector seats provided yes, now if I just slip into an ejector seat here, oh, there we go, these, these are clearly not ejector seats made for adults and so uh, kids feel fit right in, I've got uh, a cockpit display in front of me with a whole bunch of cages and speakers and video screens, I've got a, a, a joystick, a quality joystick of course, no throttle but uh, apparently it's all down to the, the, the aerodynamic choices that I made, that's what's going to determine uh, Fast, my plane goes, and uh, in front of me a great big screen on which I can see I can see the progress of my flight. So, Todd's just going to load up my airplane. Oh, here we go! So, uh, he's pressing some buttons. He's pressing some buttons. simulator, I'm basically getting to fly, I'm getting to fly the aeroplane that I designed five minutes ago, and as I said, I am a, a completely grown man, I'm finding the whole thing very, very exciting Got the code, he's entered, he's entered the code number, and here comes my aeroplane design access, it's up on the screen in front of me, and, welcome to pilot orientation, that's my aeroplane, your folks, that was my aeroplane, and now I get to take it for a fly around the virtual sky, very, very, very cool, what have you got next for us, Alright, speaking of flying around virtual sky, and because we're so close to Western Springs with our wonderful bird life, would you like to be a goose? I've been, I've been called a goose. I've been called a goose before. That's a very unusual invitation, Tom, I've never been invited to be a goose, but uh, let's see where this goes. So, this, this looks like a big one of those PlayStation games where you jump on the, on the rug. So, Spread Your Wings is the name of this. time. This is looking at... Geese and other birds fly in a V formation and what, how that benefits their flight. is some information off to the side talking about how the Air Force is even looking at how they may be able to use this for the aircraft as well. So ultimately, up to four people can stand in front of this giant screen here and be the geese in their V formation. So it's just you're isn't right? it? to be the geese. All right. So I'm standing, all oh, look, I'm standing the only thing and it's, it's seating me flat. So have we dive, I was asking. Well, like, like any virtual reality game, well, today's Migration Day of Light like any virtual reality game, that's really fun and interesting if you're looking at the screen. But anyone looking at you doing it thinks you are figuratively a goose while trying Essentially, we're models of them so we can know about that of them. Right, so anyone who's interested in science engineering, not necessarily in them. So if you're dropping weights on a Boeing 787, you'll probably be okay. So this this exhibition runs for how long, Todd? So this is gonna be here until March. And how do people people get it? Is it it part of the overall uh, entry fee to MoTat, or is there a special ticket, or how work? Just part of your entry to MoTat, so as well as all the other great things we have here. If you're coming in the summer, you can see this. Everyone, everyone wants to have a bit of a look online before they you know come and look at the real thing. How can they do that? That will all be on our website, mothercat.gov, and just follow your nose to um, above and beyond Exactly. Okay. Hey here i here at to thank you so much for giving Give me a taste, Give me a taste of the coming. Oh, there's, there's videos of, of astronauts, there's there's more satellites, there's We've talked about the space elevator. There is just no end of geeky engineering,
1: science, astral, all this stuff. I am in heaven and I hope you get a chance to come and check this out. Thanks for listening. The Internet Explained. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis on Radio Live.
2: And welcome back to Sunday Social. Wow, lots of uh, lots of interesting aeroplane choices coming in. Remember to win those tickets to the Motat show above and beyond, three prizes of three tickets for adults or children. Text 3920 keyword live with your first name, your hometown, and your favourite aeroplane. Julian Waters, what's your favourite aeroplane?
1: My favourite aeroplane.
2: Oh, you need to turn that
1: microphone on, my friend. Check one, two. Hello, everybody. My favourite aeroplane is a jet plane. Like the lollies? Yeah, sure. Oh, no, one that goes really fast. I, mean, I don't know which kind that we had you
2: wouldn't, here. You wouldn't, go, you wouldn't go in the drawer just saying a jet plane.
1: Oh, that, would, that wouldn't, well... I wouldn't, no, that wouldn't,
2: I wouldn't qualify. Own. That wouldn't qualify. Well, that, that.
1: What are those really fast ones that take off from the uh, aircraft carriers that the uh, Americans kill people no, with? F-18s. Yeah, yeah, those ones. Your yeah, favourite one's the F-18. There I, w- you go. I would have Googled it before entering the drawer.
2: I suppose you would have. Hey, uh, we need to, uh, before we start talking about apps and websites and social media goodness, we need to congratulate... Uh, your friend of mine, Anna Connell, and uh do 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 do, and uh, her now husband, uh, Troy Rafferty Forbes, for uh, getting married this afternoon. So Anna, regular, there you go, big round of applause. Uh, regular, regular guest on the show uh, is now. I don't know what she is, Mrs. She's probably still Anna. She's probably just still Anna, really.
1: I have to ask her next year when we uh, when we come back. But isn't that lovely? It's lovely. What clip, smart, wonderful. People uh, actively involved in our little community of social media innovators, and yes,
2: no, it, 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 I it is it is very very good. I'm very very happy for them. Hey, um, and one thing they are, apart from uh, newlyweds, is bona fide social media influencers. And that's that's a term that gets a little bit uh, overdone. Yes, they might not like it that you call them that. They might not like it. that I Pretty well, much a, a, anyone with a more than average number of followers on any social media platform, uh, particularly as it relates to a, a given area like, you know, travel or food or mothering or fathering or whatever, could be termed as an influencer. And you sometimes go, well, what's the point? What's the point of being a social media influencer? You know, apart from the occasional free phone or whatever it is (laughs) it's a reasonable point that is a reasonable point um but a, a story came out of the states today that um sort of laid bare the practice that american airlines have of giving much much better service to people who contact them via social media than they do via any other channel does this surprise you julian
1: not in the slightest not in the slightest because it's it's like, imagine you were phoning the call centre but you had a group of, you know, 100 people around at your house listening to you while you had that conversation. It just becomes more significant, doesn't it? So that's social media in a way, isn't it? You're sort of asking a question directly to the airline, but other people are seeing this,
2: and you're doing you're doing it very, very publicly.
1: Mm, Especially public.
2: you know if you've got ten, fifty thousand, 50,000, hundred thousand followers, as some of these people in the states do, and you say, "Hey, United, you know my flight's delayed. What time is my flight going?" they are going to want to answer that question really fast. And people are reporting that, uh, you know, they'll they'll get answers in minutes rather than hours if they go via social media. And the airlines are saying that when they, when they get a question, so, you know, say they get a question from Julian Waters, they will assess how well-connected you are before deciding where you go in the queue. So if you've got, you know, three friends and two of them are bots, and we'll get to that, uh, you go to the bottom of the queue. If you've got 100,000 friends, you go to the top.
1: Kind of sounds bad when you put it like that, but the practical reality is if somebody is well-known and amplified, well, their the feedback is going to reach more people, it does behove you to address it, doesn't I su-
2: it? I suppose it does. And, and, and the other thing that really interested me is its very uh, efficient efficient use of resources at the airlines. They are saying... That one customer service agent can handle six social media conversations at once, whereas if you're on the phone, you can only do one. Right, so the ROI, the return on investment of your time, is is much much higher. But I, I don't know. I I have certainly been the be, you know the beneficiary of this from airlines and from banks and from all, all vacuum, cleaner vacuum cleaner sales literally all manner of things but i can't help but thinking it's a little bit unfair because you know not firstly not everyone has uh you know a mobile phone with the data plan that's on all the time so they can be online not everyone spends all that time to get all those connections and you know what? i pay the same for my airfare as, as as my mother and if my well if i you know didn't have my own private airplane i probably would um <laughs> But if my mother rang up in New Zealand and I tweeted in New Zealand, I kind of think that we both should get the same level of service. I think you both should get good service. But, yes, it's interesting, isn't it? All customers are Mm. equal, but some customers are more equal than others. Yet another way, yet another way in which uh, Orwell's predictions are coming true in 2018. Uh, Instagram, speaking of influencers, is cleaning house. What's going on there, Julian.
1: They are cleaning up all the fake activity, I guess. Well, it'll be interesting to see exactly how this pans out because it's well known, uh, well, actually, to take a one step backwards, um, a lot of the inf- the Instagram influencer can be, I, I guess, more commonly a, a young woman or something. um could be a young bloke who likes to post photos without a shirt on or whatever. It could be someone who's into their food or into their fitness or something else. Uh, and, and, yes, they become very, very passionate about you know getting their follower base up and um, thus getting ind- product endorsements and, I guess, good customer service, et cetera. Based, based on their number of followers. Th- that's right. Uh, so there are various ways to get more followers. Uh, and there's some... Be interesting? Yeah, well, that's one Post way. good stuff. Um, there's, uh, actually there's, there's some, um, wonderful, um, young ladies in Tauranga, Ace the Gram, that have, they can tell you every brilliant way there is to get more Instagram followers. Um, and some of them, you know, following and unfollowing different people who tweet about, who, sorry, who share on the similar subject to you does actually work. You know, you'll see someone, oh, someone's followed me. Oh, who are they? You'll look at them. Uh, like, for example, if it was me, they post tennis content. Oh, I might be interested in that, so I'll follow them. So, that, so that's, that, that's a legitimate that's way. Legitimate. And,
2: I mean, you can work, I've met the Ace the Gram people in Tauranga. Actually, oh, yeah, when I was down there last year. Okay, um, yeah. So that, that's the legitimate
1: way to get lots of followers. But what's you, the other way? Yeah, well, you can just, I, I, I guess, this, I mean, this might, might not be exactly the most common way, but what I imagine is that people manufacture many, many, many fake accounts and then have those fake accounts all follow someone. You, if you want those followers. For money. For money. You pay so them. what's Instagram doing about it? Well, they're stopping it. They're using their machine learning algorithms to figure out who is not a person and uh, deleting the accounts. Easy as that. Now, I got interested uh,
2: when I read that story, and I thought, well, I wonder if the rest of us can use uh, machine learning platforms to work out who is and is not a bot. Turns out we can. There is a, um, a site out of the States called Bottometer. It doesn't doesn't measure your bottom, <laughs> although it could. It sounds like it okay. could, the bottometer. Um botometer.iuni, um, which I think is Indiana edu, and it analyzes social media content to work out the likelihood of someone being a robot. And it gives them a score from zero, they're definitely not a robot, to five, they really, really are a robot. So you can go to Botometer and you can enter in, and it's only on Twitter at the moment. I, 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 I imagine they can you know, expand it to Instagram, but at the moment it's on Twitter. And you enter in the name of a user and it comes up with a score, a likelihood score of of them being a robot. And and the almost more interesting thing is you can ask it to look through all your followers and score all the followers. It's a bit ponderous. It does it one by one. It takes about two or three seconds per follower. So if you've got more than about 50, it takes a little while. But uh, it was a bit of an eye-opener. Bit of an eye opener for me. I, I I had a bit of a look through and and found that quite a few of my uh, quite a few of my 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 best and closest friends are actually not real people at all. <laughs> did you find out if you were a real person? Well, I not? did. I, I and of course, you know, <laughs> I have it's, been it's curious. A, it's a little bit like the um you know like the Cosmopolitan magazine quiz that you you want to <laughs> you want to do it and and find out you know um you know what what Star Wars character are you in bed? Um, so I, I fed in I fed in all the names. Have you not done the watch Star Wars character <laughs> you embed? Um, you're probably R two D two, I would think. I don't know what that means. Um, I fed in. I'm, I'm more the Chewbacca. Uh, so I fed in. I fed in all the um, all, all the panelists, um, current uh, current and and former on the show, and ranked them from the most real to the least real. And it was kind of interesting. So Kate Owen who we we know and love. She's a regular. She also has a day job at um, Radio Live. Is probably not a bot. She's probably real. A score of 0.1 out of 5. That's as real as it gets. Uh, Anna Connell. Happy happy wedding day, Anna. Uh, good news, Troy. She's real. They she's are the realist. She's 0.1. one. Uh, Paul Brislin. Now it's it's a day of it's a day of ceremonies. A week of ceremonies. He's becoming a New Zealander tomorrow. Did you know that? I didn't. Congratulations, Paul. He's, Welcome to New Zealand. we will th- have you. I was thought. I always thought he was a New Zealander. Well, he's been around for a while. Yeah, 0.2 point two out of five. So he's 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 quite he's quite human. Um, you. Me, Communico on Twitter. Uh, 0.2 with a with a with zero being very human indeed, and five being a bot. Um, you are you are well very human indeed. Um, then hard. then it gets less human. Uh, I I somehow uh, got a, a score of 0.5, which makes me still human, but not that human. And uh, Simone McCallum, who was a uh, a frequent panelist on the show, she unfortunately is the least human of all <laughs> of us at uh, 0.9. Now I've got to say all of us are probably human even 0.9 is probably human um, but uh, there's, there's some there's some stark differences there so the, the site is botometer so if you just search botometer put on your uh, put in your your um, username and the usernames of your nearest and dearest and see which ones are robots hey keep entering that competition oh, how, how how many how many entries got lots 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 big nods big nods from the uh, the booth but it's a draw it's a draw. Well, it's not really a random draw. I'm going to look at your favourite aeroplane and go, Mmm, jet. No, that doesn't count.
1: So, so level of social influence is not going to
2: affect... Level the of social influence is not social going air. to affect things, but uh, what I think of your aeroplane choices will affect it. So, so to win those uh, Motet above and beyond tickets, 3920 on the text keyword live, your first name, your hometown, your favourite aeroplane. To go into the draw. Back soon. It's Sunday
1: Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughan Davis.
2: And welcome back to Sunday Social. I've just been out reading the uh, the entries into the draw to win three tickets to above and beyond at Motet it's a it's a heck of a show especially for kids i mean i enjoyed it and i'm a, I, well you yeah, know physically i'm not a kid but i think on the inside i am uh, but i think uh, school age kids would just find it absolutely fantastic so keep those entries coming 3920 keyword live first name hometown favorite airplane mr waters mr davis you are a big user and I respect and envy you for this, uh, a big user of the public transport. Actually, before we talk about the public transport, we should talk about how you got here. I don't mean the fact that your mummy and daddy loved each other very much and got a bit drunk. (laughs) I mean how you got to the studio tonight.
1: Yes, I was, as usual, before I come on the show, I was hitting round yellow fluffy balls at my kids, Um, although today they managed to hit them at me quite hard. But... um, my my gut's a bit sore, but that's okay. Uh so yes, I wanted to get up it's a, there's a hill from the tennis courts to MediaWorks here. And I did not want to walk up the hill today. It takes about half an hour. So I took an Ola because it's new and they're offering a discount. Ola, O L A. It is just like Uber and Zoomy. So
2: I tried it about um, three, four weeks ago. The the day I tried it the day it launched. As and, you do. and the um the driver was it was the very first time he'd ever used it, so it was new for him as well. Uh, it was a shambles. It was a shambles. Um, uh, they, they kept cancelling on me. They never arrived, and then, then when they did arrive, he got all confused and ended the ride before it started. But <laughs> you you had a very good experience, right? I had a
1: great experience. Uh, I frequently take... I mean, I, I do take public transport when and where I can, but uh, after the tennis, after a long day uh, at NextGen here in Auckland... Uh, you, you don't want to subject other people
2: on the bus to your sweaty self.
1: Well, I always have a shower first, but yes, but uh, it's it's a lot of gear. It's it's annoying, and there's no convenient um, uh, direct route home. And plus, the cost of a it cost me ten dollars fifty to get home on a Zumi or, or Uber. So um, yes, I frequently take one of these services. And this was the quickest to arrive ever. It just so happened that this guy was just around the corner, so he showed straight showed up straight away. Uh, we jumped and dropped us off. Happy guy. Um, I mean, of course, the uh, the secret to these things is that the guy has all three apps yeah. open on his phone. So at he the same p- time.
2: he he picks and chooses.
1: Yeah, he, he said whatever's the first ride, he'll Easy take
2: that And um, I and as I understand it, for your first thirty days of using the service, you get a half price. So you you took that trip um, for three dollars fifteen cents. Th- three dollars fifteen cents. That's pretty good. So Ola, uh, I've been a bit down on you recently. Uh, I didn't have a very good experience, but Julian did. Um, Public transport, though, as, as I said, you're a, you're a big user. And the one thing that stands between uh, public transport being OK and awesome is complete knowledge of which bus to take, which train to take, where it's going to leave from, when you have to be there, how long it will take you and where to get off. Turns out there's an app for that. Yes. Well, there's a few apps for that. But this is a... Is this one new? It's, this is new to New Zealand. It's big in the States, it's just launched for Auckland. Uh, sorry, rest of New Zealand, but it's just launched for Auckland. In the meantime, and the reason it's only launched for one city is because it requires quite deep integration with the public transport provider. In this case, Auckland Transport. Mm-hmm. So it's called Transit. Um, you had a bit of a play
1: with it. I have, yes, yes. It, it I, I did have to figure out. Um, I, I like the design. It's, it's you know, when you first open up the app, it, it, you share your location with it. It uh, tells you straight away, like it tells me that the 755 to Britomart is leaving in 38 minutes and then there's something Cause else Because sometimes
2: leaving. you just want to know, when the, when, when the hell is the next bus out of here? I don't care where.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, well, from a generally from anywhere you are, there's only a certain number of directions that any public transport's going to go. And, so.
2: Unless you're in Rome.
1: All uh, roads. True, all yes. roads, Julian. That's right. So I guess all roads lead out of Rome as well, don't they? Probably. They're not just one but, um, way. Uh, yeah, so so it's, it just tells you where things are going, um, and then um, you can put in where you want to go. The, the thing that threw me initially, so I put in my home address, and then it comes up with three options. Get directions, which Google Maps could do anyway, but um, show nearby lines and add to favorites. Well, I understand the first and the third, and apparently show nearby lines means buses, trains, and everything yeah. else. Yeah, but once
2: you, once you get over that, yes. it, it's quite neat. So it mm. displays all the information you need in a, in a really clear graphical way. Google does this a little bit, but this I think this does it better. Uh, and not only that, when you are on the bus or train, and this is great, if you're new to a place or if you're drunk, uh, it will alert you when it's time to get off. That's good because previously, you know, particularly I'm thinking, well, you know, if I'm on a bus in Rome, I have been on a bus in Rome and you were trying to convey to the driver that you would like to get off at the stop closest to whatever attraction you're going to and and good luck with that. So this thing buzzes to tell you
1: when you're approaching, which I think is really neat. Sounds great, yeah. I mean, we have have the uh, AT app. Yeah but, they've obviously,
2: yeah, but they've obviously gotten in bed with these people and, yeah. uh, just, and I think this is a very good app. Um, the, yes, the thing I right. like the most about it is it, it seems to, well, it's a world leader uh, and it doesn't ask you to log in. You don't have to give it your Facebook details mm. or your Gmail or your Twitter details or your you know, Tinder swipe rate or whatever. You just use it which I really like. So the name of the app is Transit. It's only in Auckland at the moment, but uh, really, really good way to make public transport more accessible. A way to make computer coding more accessible has just launched. You would have heard, Julian, of Hour of
1: Code. Indeed, yes. You're nodding. Uh, have, you, have you or your kids played with Hour of Code? Not me, my daughter spends much of the time where we're not playing tennis in front of the computer doing Khan Academy or Code.org. So yes,
2: yeah. so Code Code.org. So when we say code, I don't mean Morse code or, you know, secret code between uh, clandestine lovers. I mean computer code, so computer programming. Uh, code.org is all about getting more people into computer programming, uh, young people especially, and they do it in a really... Um, fun appealing graphical way right you start off super simple you get harder and harder and harder and you get quite skilled they have just launched and your daughter might be interested not judging she might be into dancing uh, a dance party version oh yeah you're nodding you're nodding are you nodding you know
1: what well, i sent her the link i i, I should, have asked her before you should have asked her you should
2: have asked it. you should have asked her that that's what, what that, she's done with that's it, why we let her in the go. studio julian so <laughs> yeah. You, the idea is, rather than just coding, you know, something boring, which, you know, let's, let's make uh, your computer add two and two to see if you get four, you are programming your computer to get your little character to dance along to the tune of your choice. Everything from Madonna to Bruce Springsteen, which I never thought was particularly danceable, or Jeremy Parkinson, um, who's a big Springsteen fan here, uh, might disagree. Uh, MC Hammer, even. MC Hammer. Yeah, well, I-, I was going right. to say too legit to quit because quit's a computer word, see? So it's kind of a joke. It's, yes, it's yeah, good so, to so humor. out right now on Hour of Code. Uh, like everything at code.org, it is free and it looks like a bit of fun to me. I
1: like it. I, I would impart most passionately anyone who has children or grandchildren, whether they consider themselves smart or hands-on, or anything else, whether they want to become a plumber or a mechanic, do just have a crack at some of this because more and more of what we do every day is going to involve some kind of coding, not necessarily full-on intense. Well,
2: because yeah, not uh, every listener will know that's, that's kind of what you do, right? Yeah, you you sure. are that guy.
1: Uh, I never wanted to be. I never saw myself that way. But you got, but you got dragged in. You get dragged in because you want to create something. I wanted to build something. And, you know, you can hire people to do it. But then you're sort of looking over their shoulder and you go, this is all completely logical. It all just makes sense. You just learn the language like any other language. So, how did, how did you learn? I, a good question. I, yeah, partly looking over people's shoulders, mostly online. I remember finding some really basic thing that had been coded that it did what I wanted to do and just sort of copying it and worked out. To how, reverse engineer
2: how, like. how to tweak it, how to tweak yeah. it. what well, hard way to learn. If but, you had done yeah. to code.org org and uh, done the hour of code dance party version, you could have you could have tweaked some uh, some wicked dance moves. <laughs> how about that? that would be the only way I could achieve them. Yes. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. Hey, um, that's the end. That's the end of the prize draw. I would like to thank everyone who has texted into three nine two zero to enter the draw to win those tickets to above and beyond at Motat. It's a heck of a show all about uh, air and space in conjunction with the Smithsonian and Boeing on until March. The winners are David from Auckland, whose favourite aeroplane is the Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird. Very fast, very high, very good aeroplane. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer from Waiataroa, who goes for the 777, the Boeing 777. Yeah, nice, nice, solid solid airliner choice. Also with the airliners, Tony from Maunga Toroto, who has chosen the DC-10. All three of you, we're going to text you and ask for your mailing address and send out those tickets in the mail. Thank you so much, MoTap, for that. Thank you, Julian Waters. Cheers, Vaughn. Thank you, Saskia in the booth. I'm Vaughn Davis, 99.